Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. If ever I begin to base my faith on my works, I'm lost. My salvation is in Christ and Christ alone. It's in he, what He did. It's not a church that will save you. It's not a minister that will save you. It's not a religious organization that will save you. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and believing the gospel of Christ. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and Do we believe that there is more than one way to God? Where do we find our salvation? In today's study, Pastor Ed will exhort us not to look to the church or our works for salvation, but to remember that salvation comes only through Jesus. He is fundamental for our salvation. Everything we believe as Christians is built on the foundation of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Without Jesus, we are worshiping in vain. Salvation is not what we do, but what Christ did for us on the cross. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, The Message of Salvation. Building in faith. Our church is built on not a music program, not a preaching program, but it's built on the simple gospel of Jesus Christ that's been handed down from the early church to the 21st century, all through the centuries. The gospel of Jesus Christ is fundamental, essential, foundational. Without that, we are really worshiping in vain. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Beginning with verse 1. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. This message is essential. It doesn't change with contemporary society the passage of time or going from place to place to place all over the world this is the essential message salvation in Jesus Christ John Calvin said Our salvation consists in the doctrine of the cross. 
Our salvation consists in the doctrine of the cross. Paul the Apostle recognized the importance of reminding the Corinthians, the early church, of what they had believed and what they had acted upon, what they had known to be the truth and what they had received. He reminds them that it was through this gospel that they became a part of the family of God. This gospel that they received, that they were adopted as the children of God. Someone told me in the Poughkeepsie Journal that there was a survey that was reported by Barner Research. 64% of evangelicals believe there is more than one way to salvation. We're an evangelical church. We're an Assembly of God church. We have a Pentecostal distinctive, but we're part of the Evangelical Association. 60, that's the majority. 64% of evangelicals believe that you could find a way to God, the Father, other than through Christ. That salvation is not exclusive through the gospel. Paul the Apostle says to the Corinthians, let remind, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, verse 1, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. He said, there was a message you received, and that message was the power of God unto salvation. It exploded in their lives, and it changed their lives. You remember the day that you accepted Christ? Remember the time that you came to believe in Jesus as Savior and how it changed you? Well, Paul reminds them of how they were changed by the gospel. And then he says, you're still standing firm in that message. And then in verses 3 and 4, he gives what historians and theologians believe was an early church creed. He tells them that Christ died, that Christ was buried, that Christ was raised from the dead according to the scriptures in verses 3 and 4. He gives this simple statement, but so important, so foundational. Everything stands on it. You take that away and everything crumbles and falls. Paul said, I'm reminding you of what you received and how you were standing in it. We never lose our need for the basics. We never move away from the basics so that we don't have to build our faith on it. It is absolutely imperative, essential. And notice in verse 1, he says, you stand firm in it, in the good news, and in verse 2, hold firmly to the word preached. The implication is that you can be moved. The implication is that it could be surrendered. 
that you could let go of that word, that the enemy of your soul, Satan, can take the word that was planted in your heart. The Bible talks about enduring to the end. The Bible talks about continuing in our faith. One of the great dangers of being in an evangelical church, of being raised in a Christian school, being in this type of environment, is after a while we can become hardened to it, immune to it. Amazing grace loses its awe for us. It's no longer amazing grace to us. That's a great danger that we hear it, we know it, and after a while we simply begin to trust in our good works. We begin to trust in what we do or what we don't do. We begin to trust in the fact that we're a good churchman. We may attend church regularly, read our Bibles regularly, we give in the offering and we do good things. And you begin to trust in those things and you begin to live the life, not of faith, but a life of works. Trusting in your works to make you acceptable to God. Mother Teresa, great example of benevolence and goodness and serving for years in Calcutta and all the wonderful things she did. If she died without accepting Christ as personal Savior, she'd be lost for all eternity. Madonna, the life that she lived, fairly decadent and lives presently, I guess, if she accepts Christ as personal Lord and Savior, she's saved. Salvation is not by what you do, it's by what he did. You notice here in our sanctuary, we have a cross. That cross is an empty cross. The reason the cross is empty is because we believe that Christ rose from the dead and that he is living. We have on our communion table and we keep in front an open Bible. That's because we believe that the Bible teaches us how we ought to live and it is primary for our doctrine. Uh, we don't place the Bible underneath tradition. We place the Bible above tradition. So if tradition contradicts the Bible, we evaluate those traditions. We take our theology, our faith, and our practice from Scripture. Paul the Apostle says these words, For what I have received, I passed on to you as first importance. Sound familiar? For what I have received. That wording was used in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 in the communion passage. He said, for what I've received, I passed on to you. He's passing on the gospel, the good news of Christ. He's passing on this tradition, which is absolutely essential. It's a biblical tradition. It's that Jesus Christ died on the cross. 
He was buried. He didn't just somehow swoon and lose consciousness and suddenly three days come back. No, no. He died. He was buried. And he was raised from the dead, physically raised from the dead. The grave clothes were left there. The angels were there. He, he ra was raised physical in a physical body. That was the early church's preaching. And on that message, you're saved. Believing, accepting, receiving, and living in that, you're saved. I grew up in a church like so many of you may have that read the Apostles' Creed, that read the Nicene Creed, that had a liturgy that they read, and I, I heard the truth, but it didn't sink in, and I didn't accept and know it. Intellectually, I gave assent to it, but there was no will, act of the will where I said, I'm going to follow this, and I'm going to accept this as my only way of salvation. No, salvation was in the sacraments. I heard a recently two clergy say, because of their baptism, they're saved. It was a funeral service. We're not saved because of our baptisms. Baptism outwardly displays the inward work of salvation. It is a sign that we've accepted Christ. It's a witness to the Christian community, a witness to the world that we've received Christ, but it doesn't save you. Communion doesn't save you. Giving to the church doesn't save you. Being a preacher doesn't save you. I, if ever I begin to depend on the fact that I preach the word, that I try to live for the Lord, and I try to do good things, if ever I begin to base my faith on my works, I'm lost. My salvation is in Christ, and Christ alone. It's in he, what he did. It's not a church that will save you. It's not a minister that will save you. It's not a religious organization that will save you. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and believing the gospel of Christ. Amen. In verses 3 and 4, he says, For what I've received, I passed on to you as of first importance. This is the priority. That's what he's saying. This is first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He's looking at the Old Testament. He's looking at the prophecies concerning the coming of Messiah. And then he says that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scripture. Christ's death must be understood. The cross, it was voluntary. It was voluntary. In John chapter 10, verses 17 to 18. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Notice, I lay it down. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. It was what Jesus does is he pulls the curtains so that you see behind the scenes of the crucifixion and the sacrificial death. It wasn't 
the treachery of Judas, nor the envy of Caiaphas, nor the scandalous dealings of the Sanhedrin, nor the weakness of Pilate that put him on the cross. Now, they're guilty of what they did. They're guilty of sinning. But Jesus laid his life down. Remember his first sermon in Nazareth. He goes and he preaches and they become angry with him, his home hometown. And they take him to the edge of the cliff, ready to throw him off to his death. And the Bible says he just walks right through the midst of them. He just walks away. Jesus predicted his death. In John chapter 10, he says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. In verse 15. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Again and again, Jesus foretold that he would die, that he would lay his life down sacrificially. When Jesus was in the garden and Peter takes out the sword, listen to what Jesus says. Put your sword back in this place. Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. The guards had come to take Jesus and to bring him to a kangaroo court where they were going to try him. And he says, do you think I cannot call on my father and will at once be put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels he could have just said father send the angelic host to fight for me father deliver me now in that garden when they came to arrest him when they came to take him in John chapter 18 something very curious happened in verses 4 to 6 Jesus knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. And then he says, I am he. When he said that, the text says, they drew back and they fell to the ground. They fell to the ground. Jesus wants us to know that no one took his life, but willingly he gave it willingly for you for me it's amazing should be amazing grace to us can we fathom and we can't but I think it's good for us to contemplate that if it were just you if the earth was never planted by any other people but just you you were the only living human being Jesus would have come and died just for you he did it voluntarily. It wasn't some victim of circumstances and they carried him off to crucify him. It wasn't merely something gone awry. It was Jesus voluntarily giving his life. In John 19.30 it says, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. Now when he said, It is finished! 
the sacrifice done, completed. He said, Scripture says, and bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Jesus said, I lay my life down, but he laid it down for a purpose, to take it up again. Who could say that for Jesus? I lay it down, but I'm going to take it up again. He saw past the cross to the empty tomb. He saw past Friday to Easter Sunday morning. Jesus said, I'm laying it down, and I'm going to take it up again. If we are good people, and we come to church, and emotionally we weep and cry and raise our hands. And if we come to church and we give our money in the offering, and somehow we make the horrible mistake and believe in vain, because that's what Paul says, we could believe in vain. And we somehow don't trust in what Jesus did on the cross, what he did on Calvary. We'll be lost for all eternity. One of the great dangers of Christian schools is sometimes people who go through the Christian schools become immune to the gospel. They hear it so much. It becomes a cultural thing rather than a faith thing. Rather than believing in our heart, knowing in our heart, trusting in our heart, committing ourselves to the message of the gospel. His death was voluntarily, voluntary. His death was vicarious, vicarious. In 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ died for our sins once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body but made alive by the Spirit. When you think about what Jesus Christ did, he, he took our punishment on himself. Picture people coming to the cross and that person has on them a sign, adulterer. Another person has on their sign, fornicator. Another person has on that sign, murderer. Another person has on that sign, gossip. They've destroyed life. And they, they take all of their sins and they just put it on Jesus. And Jesus became sin who knew no sin. For us, the vilest of sins he took upon himself. That person who abuses children, that person who's taken the life of others, all the sins of humanity placed on Christ. In 1 Peter 2.24, it says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. In 1 John 2, 2, he himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only for our sins, but the sins of all the world. In Galatians three thirteen, 
Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on the tree. There are some who might believe that the life of a Christian begins and ends at the altar. Maybe that's you. Maybe you accepted Jesus as a child, but your life hasn't changed since then. Our relationship with God is so much more than just a profession. It's a walk, daily. Pastor Ed is currently teaching a five-part series entitled, Walking in Our Salvation, which we hope will encourage you to walk with Jesus daily. Building in Faith is the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or, if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word